part two chapter four section three of under western eyes by joseph conrad this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part two chapter four section three after some little time i observed that they could not have hoped to remain forgotten for very long unless the other two had discovered madame de s swooning with fatigue perhaps or in a state of morbid exaltation after the long interview either would require their devoted ministrations i could depict to myself peter ivanovitch rushing busily out of the house again bareheaded perhaps and on across the terrace with his swinging gait the black skirts of the frock-coat floating clear of his stout light grey legs i confess to having looked upon these young people as the quarry of the heroic fugitive i had the notion that they would not be allowed to escape capture but of that i said nothing to miss holden only as she still remained uncommunicative i pressed her a little well but you can tell me at least your impression she turned her head to look at me and turned away again impression she repeated slowly almost dreamily then in a quicker tone he seems to be a man who has suffered more from his thoughts than from evil fortune from his thoughts you say and that is natural enough in a russian she took me up in a young russian so many of them are unfit for action and yet unable to rest and you think he is that sort of man no i do not judge him how could i so suddenly you ask for my impression i explain my impression i i don't know the world nor yet the people in it i have been too solitary i am too young to trust my own opinions trust your instinct i advised her most women trust to that and make no worse mistakes than men in this case you have your brother's letter to help you she drew a deep breath like a light sigh unstained lofty and solitary existences she quoted as if to herself but i caught the wistful murmur distinctly high praise i whispered to her the highest possible so high that like the award of happiness it is more fit to come only at the end of a life but still no common or altogether unworthy personality could have suggested such a confident exaggeration of praise and ah she interrupted me ardently and if you had only known the heart from which that judgment has come she ceased on that note and for a space i reflected on the character of the words which i perceived very well must tip the scale of the girl's feelings in that young man's favour they had not the sound of a casual utterance vague they were to my western mind and to my western sentiment but i could not forget that standing by miss holden's side i was like a traveller in a strange country it had also become clear to me that miss holden was unwilling to enter into the details of the only material part of their visit to the chateau borel but i was not hurt somehow i didn't feel it to be a want of confidence it was some other difficulty a difficulty i could not resent and it was without the slightest resentment that i said very well but on that high ground which i will not dispute you like any one else in such circumstances you must have made for yourself a representation of that exceptional friend a mental image of him and please tell me you were not disappointed what do you mean his personal appearance i don't mean precisely his good looks or otherwise we turned at the end of the alley and made a few steps without looking at each other his appearance is not ordinary said miss holden at last no i should have thought not from the little you've said of your first impression after all one has to fall back on that word 
impression what i mean is that something indescribable which is likely to mark a not ordinary person i perceived that she was not listening there was no mistaking her expression and once more i had the sense of being out of it not because of my age which at any rate could draw inferences but altogether out of it on another plane whence i could only watch her from afar and so ceasing to speak i watched her stepping out by my side no she exclaimed suddenly i could not have been disappointed with a man of such strong feeling aha strong feeling i muttered thinking to myself censoriously like this at once all in a moment what did you say inquired miss haldin innocently oh nothing i beg your pardon strong feeling i am not surprised and you don't know how abruptly i behaved to him she cried remorsefully i suppose i must have appeared surprised for looking at me with a still more heightened colour she said she was ashamed to admit that she had not been sufficiently collected she had failed to control her words and actions as the situation demanded she lost the fortitude worthy of both the men the dead and the living the fortitude which should have been the note of the meeting of victor holden's sister with victor holden's only known friend he was looking at her keenly but said nothing and she was she confessed painfully affected by his want of comprehension all she could say was you are mr razumov a slight frown passed over his forehead after a short watchful pause he made a little bow of assent and waited at the thought that she had before her the man so highly regarded by her brother the man who had known his value spoken to him understood him had listened to his confidences perhaps had encouraged him her lips trembled her eyes ran full of tears she put out her hand made a step towards him impulsively saying with an effort to restrain her emotion can't you guess who i am he did not take the proffered hand he even recoiled a pace and miss holden imagined that he was unpleasantly affected miss holden excused him directing her displeasure at herself she had behaved unworthily like an emotional french girl a manifestation of that kind could not be welcomed by a man of stern self-contained character he must have been stern indeed or perhaps very timid with women not to respond in a more human way to the advances of a girl like natalie halden i thought to myself those lofty and solitary existences i remembered the word suddenly make a young man shy and an old man savage often well i encouraged miss halden to proceed she was still very dissatisfied with herself i went from bad to worse she said with an air of discouragement very foreign to her i did everything foolish except actually bursting into tears i am thankful to say i did not do that but i was unable to speak for quite a long time she had stood before him speechless swallowing her sobs and when she managed at last to utter something it was only her brother's name victor victor holden she gasped out and again her voice failed her of course she commented to me this distressed him he was quite overcome i have told you my opinion that he is a man of deep feeling it is impossible to doubt it you should have seen his face he positively reeled he leaned against the wall of the terrace their friendship must have been the very brotherhood of souls i was grateful to him for that emotion which made me feel less ashamed of my own lack of self-control of course i had regained the power of speech at once almost all this lasted not more than a few seconds i am his sister i said maybe you have heard of me and had he i interrupted i don't know how could it have been otherwise and yet but what does that matter 
i stood there before him near enough to be touched and surely not looking like an impostor all i know is that he put out both his hands then to me i may say flung them out at me with the greatest readiness and warmth and that i seized and pressed them feeling that i was finding again a little of what i thought was lost to me forever with the loss of my brother some of that hope inspiration and support which i used to get from my dear dead i understood quite well what she meant we strolled on slowly i refrained from looking at her and it was as if answering my own thoughts that i murmured no doubt it was a great friendship as you say and that young man ended by welcoming your name so to speak with both hands after that of course you would understand each other yes you would understand each other quickly it was a moment before i heard her voice mr razumov seemed to be a man of few words a reserved man even when he is strongly moved unable to forget or even to forgive the base-toned expansiveness of peter ivanovitch the arch-patron of revolutionary parties i said that i took this for a favourable trait of character it was associated with sincerity in my mind and besides we had not much time she added no you would not have of course my suspicion and even dread of the feminist and his egeria was so ineradicable that i could not help asking with real anxiety which i made smiling but you escaped all right she understood me and smiled too at my uneasiness oh yes i escaped if you like to call it that i walked away quickly there was no need to run i am neither frightened nor yet fascinated like that poor woman who received me so strangely and mr mr razumov he remained there of course i suppose he went into the house after i left him you remember that he came here strongly recommended to peter ivanovitch possibly entrusted with important messages for him ah yes from that priest who father zosim yes or from others perhaps you left him then but have you seen him since may i ask for some time miss holden made no answer to this very direct question then i have been expecting to see him here to-day she said quietly you have do you meet then in this garden in that case i had better leave you at once no why leave me and we don't meet in this garden i have not seen mr razumov since that first time not once but i have been expecting him she paused i wondered to myself why that young revolutionist should show so little alacrity before we parted i told mr razumov that i walked here for an hour every day at this time i could not explain to him then why i did not ask him to come and see us at once mother must be prepared for such a visit and then you see i do not know myself what mr razumov has to tell us he too must be told first how it is with poor mother all these thoughts flashed through my mind at once so i told him hurriedly that there was a reason why i could not ask him to see us at home but that i was in the habit of walking here this is a public place but there are never many people about at this hour i thought it would do very well and it is so near our apartments i don't like to be very far away from mother our servant knows where i am in case i should be wanted suddenly yes it is very convenient from that point of view i agreed in fact i thought the bastions a very convenient place since the girl did not think it prudent as yet to introduce that young man to her mother it was here then i thought looking round at that plot of ground of deplorable banality that their acquaintance will begin and go on in the exchange of generous indignations and of extreme sentiments too poignant perhaps for a non-russian mind to conceive i saw these two escaped out of four score of millions of human beings 
ground between the upper and nether millstone walking under these trees their young heads close together yes an excellent place to stroll and talk in it even occurred to me while we turned once more away from the wide iron gates that when tired they would have plenty of accommodation to rest themselves there was a quantity of tables and chairs displayed between the restaurant chalet and the bandstand a whole raft of painted deals spread out under the trees in the very middle of it i observed a solitary swiss couple whose fate was made secure from the cradle to the grave by the perfected mechanism of democratic institutions in a republic that could almost be held in the palm of one's hand the man colourlessly uncouth was drinking beer out of a glittering glass the woman rustic and placid leaning back in the rough chair gazed idly round there is little logic to be expected on this earth not only in the matter of thought but also of sentiment i was surprised to discover myself displeased with that unknown young man a week had gone by since they met was he callous or shy or very stupid i could not make it out do you think i asked miss haldin after we had gone some distance up the great alley that mr razumov understood your intention understood what i meant she wondered he was greatly moved that i know in my own agitation i could see it but i spoke distinctly he heard me he seemed indeed to hang on my words unconsciously she had hastened her pace her utterance too became quicker i waited a little before i observed thoughtfully and yet he allowed all these days to pass how can we tell what work he may have to do here he is not an idler travelling for his pleasure his time may not be his own nor yet his thoughts perhaps she slowed her pace suddenly and in a lowered voice added or his very life then paused and stood still for all i know he may have had to leave geneva the very day he saw me without telling you i exclaimed incredulously i did not give him time i left him quite abruptly i behaved emotionally to the end i am sorry for it even if i had given him the opportunity he would have been justified in taking me for a person not to be trusted an emotional tearful girl is not a person to confide in but even if he has left geneva for a time i am confident that we shall meet again ah you are confident i dare say but on what ground because i've told him that i was in great need of some one a fellow-countryman a fellow-believer to whom i could give my confidence in a certain manner i see i don't ask you what answer he made i confess that this is good ground for your belief in mr razumov's appearance before long but he has not turned up to-day no she said quietly not to-day and we stood for a time in silence like people that have nothing more to say to each other and let their thoughts run widely asunder before their bodies go off their different ways miss haldin glanced at the watch on her wrist and made a brusque movement she had already overstayed her time it seemed i don't like to be away from mother she murmured shaking her head it is not that she is very ill now but somehow when i am not with her i am more uneasy than ever mrs haldin had not made the slightest allusion to her son for the last week or more she sat as usual in the armchair by the window looking out silently on that hopeless stretch of the boulevard de philosophes when she spoke a few lifeless words it was of indifferent trivial things for any one who knows what the poor soul is thinking of that sort of talk is more painful than her silence but that is bad too i can hardly endure it and i dare not break it 
miss haldin sighed refastening a button of her glove which had come undone i knew well enough what a hard time of it she must be having the stress its causes its nature would have undermined the health of an occidental girl but russian natures have a singular power of resistance against the unfair strains of life straight and supple with a short jacket open on her black dress which made her figure appear more slender and her fresh but colourless face more pale she compelled my wonder and admiration i can't stay a moment longer you ought to come soon to see mother you know she calls you l'ami it is an excellent name and she really means it and now au revoir i must run she glanced vaguely down the broad walk the hand she put out to me eluded my grasp by an unexpected upward movement and rested upon my shoulder her red lips were slightly parted not in a smile however but expressing a sort of startled pleasure she gazed towards the gates and said quickly with a gasp there i knew it here he comes i understood that she must mean mr razumov a young man was walking up the alley without haste his clothes were some dull shade of brown and he carried a stick when my eyes first fell on him his head was hanging on his breast as if in deep thought while i was looking at him he raised it sharply and at once stopped i am certain he did but that pause was nothing more perceptible than a faltering check in his gait instantaneously overcome then he continued his approach looking at us steadily miss holden signed to me to remain and advanced a step or two to meet him i turned my head away from that meeting and did not look at them again till i heard miss holden's voice uttering his name in the way of introduction mr razumov was informed in a warm low tone that besides being a wonderful teacher i was a great support in our sorrow and distress of course i was described also as an englishman miss holden spoke rapidly faster than i have ever heard her speak and that by contrast made the quietness of her eyes more expressive i have given him my confidence she added looking all the time at mr razumov that young man did indeed rest his gaze on miss holden but certainly did not look into her eyes which were so ready for him afterwards he glanced backwards and forwards at us both while the faint commencement of a forced smile followed by the suspicion of a frown vanished one after another i detected them though neither could have been noticed by a person less intensely bent upon divining him than myself i don't know what natalie holden had observed but my attention seized the very shades of these movements the attempted smile was given up the incipient frown was checked and smoothed so that there should be no sign but i imagined him exclaiming inwardly her confidence to this elderly person this foreigner i imagined this because he looked foreign enough to me i was upon the whole favourably impressed he had an air of intelligence and even some distinction quite above the average of the students and other inhabitants of the petite russie his features were more decided than in the generality of russian faces he had a line of the jaw a clean-shaven sallow cheek his nose was a ridge and not a mere protuberance he wore the hat well down over his eyes his dark hair curled low on the nape of his neck in the ill-fitting brown clothes there were sturdy limbs a slight stoop brought out a satisfactory breadth of shoulders upon the whole i was not disappointed studious robust shy before miss holden had ceased speaking i felt the grip of his hand on mine a muscular firm grip but unexpectedly hot and dry 
not a word or even a mutter assisted this short and arid handshake i intended to leave them to themselves but miss holden touched me lightly on the forearm with a significant contact conveying a distinct wish let him smile who likes but i was only too ready to stay near natalie holden and i am not ashamed to say that it was no smiling matter to me i stayed not as a youth would have stayed uplifted as it were poised in the air but soberly with my feet on the ground and my mind trying to penetrate her intention she had turned to razumov well this is the place yes it is here that i meant you to come i have been walking every day don't excuse yourself i understand i am grateful to you for coming to-day but all the same i cannot stay now it is impossible i must hurry off home yes even with you standing before me i must run off i have been too long away you know how it is these last words were addressed to me i noticed that mr razumov passed the tip of his tongue over his lips just as a parched feverish man might do he took her hand in its black glove which closed on his and held it detained it quite visibly to me against a drawing-back movement thank you once more for for understanding me she went on warmly he interrupted her with a certain effect of roughness i didn't like him speaking to this frank creature so much from under the brim of his hat as it were and he produced a faint rasping voice quite like a man with a parched throat what is there to thank me for understand you how did i understand you you had better know that i understand nothing i was aware that you wanted to see me in this garden i could not come before i was hindered and even to-day you see late she still held his hand i can at any rate thank you for not dismissing me from your mind as a weak emotional girl no doubt i want sustaining i am very ignorant but i can be trusted indeed i can you are ignorant he repeated thoughtfully he had raised his head and was looking straight into her face now while she held his hand they stood like this for a long moment she released his hand yes you did come late it was good of you to come on the chance of me having loitered beyond my time i was talking with this good friend here i was talking of you yes kirylo sidorovitch of you he was with me when i first heard of your being here in geneva he can tell you what comfort it was to my bewildered spirit to hear that news he knew i meant to seek you out it was the only object of my accepting the invitation of peter ivanovitch peter ivanovitch talked to you of me he interrupted in that wavering hoarse voice which suggested a horribly dry throat very little just told me your name and that you had arrived here why should i have asked for more what could he have told me that i did not know already from my brother's letter three lines and how much they meant to me i will show them to you one day kirylo sidorovitch but now i must go the first talk between us cannot be a matter of five minutes so we had better not begin i had been standing a little aside seeing them both in profile at that moment it occurred to me that mr razumov's face was older than his age if mother the girl had turned suddenly to me were to wake up in my absence so much longer than usual she would perhaps question me she seems to miss me more you know of late she would want to know what delayed me and you see it would be painful for me to dissemble before her i understood the point very well for the same reason she checked what seemed to be on mr razumov's part a movement to accompany her no no i go alone but meet me here as soon as possible then to me in a lower significant tone mother may be sitting at the window at this moment looking down the street 
she must not know anything of mr razumov's presence here till till something is arranged she paused before she added a little louder but still speaking to me mr razumov does not quite understand my difficulty but you know what it is end of part two chapter four section three recording by expatriate in bangor maine